Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John has a meeting with his inner committee and kills bugs for fun at dinner parties. Meanwhile, I don't like moving around on stage and tell the unfortunate words uttered by the recipient of the first x-ray. Plus a conversation about angst, assertiveness, and whether some anxiety is actually a privilege. Today's episode is not sponsored by Mold. We've been going green for thousands of years. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Pull up a chair, grab a friend. Let's talk about that with John and Johnny. You think people listen with friends? Wouldn't that be? Well, I know they listen on road trips together. Oh, okay. Families and stuff. Podcasts feel like a very personal thing. Maybe to you, you know, like, um, do you have this? Do you have things that you listen to that you you and Laura share? Like when you're on a road trip, do you have podcasts you like together? No, that's what I mean. Like yeah. she's got her, but I know other people do. Yeah, normal people. She listens to a podcast that I that she'll send me episodes all the time. Mm-hmm. That's so informative and helpful that I listen to probably a couple episodes a week. Okay, um, Help, um, helpful things. Yeah, I can say what it was. They're oh. not a sponsor. Oh, should I say what it was? Yeah, I don't care. Because then we're promoting other podcasts. I don't care. It's called Pantsuit Politics. Oh, pantsuit two, politics. two attorneys. You told me about this. Yeah. yeah, two attorneys, and they were you know, they kind of bring this nuanced. You know, one was conservative, one was more progressive, and and so they're sounds like a sitcom. Yeah, and you spilled peanut butter in my jelly or whatever. You're a socialist, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're woke. You're a fascist. Wah, wah, and then they hug it out. That's great. <laughs> sounds like a great show. <laughs> it really is like amazing because they get the constitutional stuff and the. Yeah. They're just have, they're very very um, well educated, but yeah, Pantsuit Politics not a sponsor, but that's my wife's favorite podcast. Well, she says this is her favorite podcast. Oh, what? But they she put has, out like she daily. Has, she has to say that they put out daily content. Thanks for being a fan, though, Laura. My wife and I listen to things on the road. We listen to American Scandal a lot. Not a sponsor uh, on the Wondery podcast app, and uh, I like them because it's a history podcast, but it kind of reads like an audio book, like an audio drama. Like an old radio drama, so there's like music cues and there's characters. I like that. I just listened to one on the the Dust Bowl, which I thought I don't know what the Dust Bowl. I didn't know anything about it. Except I knew there were like dust storms in the Midwest in the 1930s, but I did not know that like we caused it all. Yeah, and that it was a man-made ecological disaster. Didn't I do quite a bit on the Dust Bowl on the podcast? Some probably a hundred episodes ago or something. No. I think I did because I watched the Ken Burns documentary and I like nerded out on it. I don't remember you talking about it because it would have made me talk about it more. But 
Maybe so. Maybe I just it hurt my feelings. You know, you're like, I knew nothing about it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that yeah, I've, I've tried to educate you time and again about the Dust Bowl and your eyes this, glaze over. This has been a key to our whole friendship. I had a moment the other day where I was in a group chat and it was just one of those things like I was just being funny, but uh, I typed the words, all caps, unsubscribe. <laughs> And uh, it made me think, like, I wish we could unsubscribe from real-life conversations sometimes. Wouldn't that be a great thing? Just stop mid-conversation. You just type all caps, or you just say, stop! (laughs) (laughs) And they have to to relent. I would love that. Like, I wonder what Well, they have to send you back one immediately, like verbally. Well, this is unsubscribe. So Emily Post was the 18th, 19th century, early 19th century. She wrote the book on etiquette, the literal book on etiquette, the rules we have for culture at large. I think it was She's, late. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. She wrote the book on it. This is how. This is the fork you're supposed to use. This is how. Was she late, related to the Post family, like cereal? I don't. Maybe Ooh. we don't know these things. Because you know they were big. Sorry, but like, you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. Was probably her like the curtsying if you're a lady and if you're a lord, you what all that stuff. She knows all this, right? What would she do with texting? What would she do? How do you leave a text conversation without hurting the mm. other person's feelings? When is it okay? What do you? How many unread emails before you're just you know being a jerk? That's interesting. What is the I, you know? There's a lot of stuff out there like BuzzFeed and other places that are putting out just etiquette. as good as Emily Post. Just as good. Just yeah. as good. But it's I think that the, the problem is it changes. Mm-hmm. Like so. And people have their own sensitivities to it, so they could get offended when they don't have any right to really be offended. Like I have learned about from the teenagers yeah. a little bit more of the Snapchat world, mm-hmm. and the world of Snapchat now is that if someone shows you their, they, they just snap each other pictures of stuff. But if, uh-huh. they, if they actually show you their face, then it means something different. Really, like that like they're this. they're more engaged or interested in the conversation than not. So it's just normal for them just to snap, yeah. you know, a picture of the wall or like the side of their leg while they're sitting there and that's that's like normal now i'm like the etiquette there yeah that just seems but when i show you my face now it's right i gave you the i gave you the honor of actually seeing i don't know i'm like dude and those go away every 24 hours right I don't isn't that the I point of so, snapchat yes. now we do monitor sadie doesn't do a lot of a lot of snapchatting but she yeah. we've let her have some recently with that's like the one i gave up i was like i'm on these four things i can't do snapchat too yeah. so don't look for me there i'm not there i'm sorry Dear listener, you don't yeah. care because I mean I'm an old person. I shouldn't even be on TikTok. Mate. Old, old people on TikTok is going to ruin TikTok. Yeah, it's going to make it to where kids don't want it. Kids keep keep trying to make things, and then we keep coming there. We keep coming. This thing's fun. Right. We show up with our like barbecue apron that says "Kiss the Cook" or whatever. Right. We're using. Hey kids, who needs a hot dog? <laughs> We're like ruining it. <laughs> or using full sentences of punctuation. Yes. Oh. That's... Hey, you guys, this looks fun. Right. I'll make a Vine video. Uh, no, Vine's They got the over. camera like right down below, shooting up their nose. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We ruined it. You know why my daughter started doing a little Snapchat? Mm-hmm. Here's what's crazy. Her algebra, her honors algebra group, that's how they communicate. Okay. Is through Snapchat. Like what homework? As in how they tonight. cheat? No. Just like, hey, do you know, remember what the assignments were for tonight or whatever? And so. Remember what the answers were? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a picture of the answers and my face. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get, I don't even do TikTok. You do. But I just, you just, it's where the people are. You got to yeah. go, listen, John, I'm a man of the people. I don't, it's funny. Laura and I had some conversations recently. I just, I think I did, I did a lot of social media mm-hmm. around some book stuff and other things. And I don't, I don't necessarily regret it, but 
I think it's part of my Enneagram type. Like at some point I'm just, there is an authenticity feeling for me. Like I want, or maybe it's, maybe it's my introvertism, but like introvertism. Yeah. Okay. Like I want my real life to just be my real life. And like, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to experience something and be posting about it at the same time for real. Yeah. And so like, I, and I, I've, I don't, and then it's dumb because you can easily take a, a quick picture or whatever, but there have been times I wanted to make a good quality post of something and I've taken an hour mm-hmm. out of the trip or whatever to put this collage of photos. And I'm like, right. yeah. I could have, this is an hour I didn't have on the trip. You yeah, know, I do that um, all the time though, where I'll be in a city, I'll be on stage. I'll have had a great show there. I want to give a shout out to the city. And I realize I don't have any photos from yeah. while I was there. So I have no, I have nothing to share with people who like maybe we're at the show and want a shout out. And I'm like, that's like the other way. It's too far the other way. Probably. I went too far. Like Colonial Williamsburg, I didn't take any pictures. I thought you were going to say, I went too far. <laughs> I now am a blacksmith. <laughs> I, I'm a Luddite. I have, we've sold all our worldly belongings. <laughs> I work for the railroad now, I don't Johnny. have any electricity at home. <laughs> no, I, like, I didn't. We got home because I'll look back in my photos and that's how I... Yeah. Like they'll come up as memories, you know, Google photos that I back up to will come up and oh, that's right, remember we went to Charleston? Oh, we went to New Orleans. Oh, we went to most of the time. The memories of social media for me are to remind you of what a jerk you were in the past years. Like ten years ago, you is really your worst enemy on Facebook. Sound you're, like, you're too hard on yourself. Oh boy, it's some, I wrote some rough things. Like Johnny always says, guys. He acts like that we had some like completely stupid hot takes on all kinds of things in the past 300 episodes. Yeah. I, I can't think of very few. What I can think of mm. us was just talking out what no, with the knowledge just, we had and then even ta- saying, I bet yeah. someday this will be wrong. You know, no, like, but I don't even mean the hot takes. I just mean like when you write on Twitter, Johnny is getting ready, is waiting on his peeps at Panera. <laughs> that whole sentence, I don't want to hang out with that guy. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with anybody that's waiting on their peeps at Panera. I still say peeps. You know, it's funny. There was a thing Lars sent me. I forget what blog it was, whatever, but it was like the 10 things that the millennials wish that the boomers would stop saying or whatever. Mm-hmm. Boomers, not literal boomers, but right. anybody. Old, anybody old. Just like we call everybody younger a millennial now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Z and millennials. And they would tell you what decade it came from. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Groovy came from, like, the 60s or, you know, early 70s. But right. th- there was only one on the whole list that I use. Oh, no. And it was from the 90s. Okay. And it was Cool Beans. You say Cool Beans? I don't say it a lot, but occasionally <laughs> I'll say... Once is enough. It's, it's still... <laughs> Once is disqualifying. It's still within my yeah. my vernacular, yeah. my lexicon. But I don't I don't access it a lot. There's, a, there's, like, dad Twitter accounts that say, like, you can't get your family ready to leave to go to dinner without saying, are you guys ready to rock and roll? Yes. You guys ready to rock that and roll? On the, yeah, ready to rock and, and roll. And you can't tie something down in your truck without saying, that ain't going anywhere. <laughs> you have to say it. You physically have to, as you as you grunt the last pull of the strap, that ain't going anywhere. I, I don't know what it is, but you have to say it. And I'm not even a dad and I've done that. That's, that's, just, that's just an old man thing, I think. I think I say that. Yeah. I'll tie things then down. You right? go, then they go, Everything good? You go, cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. I really don't, guys, let me retract that a little bit. Yeah. I just realized it was, it, it's in the queue, but it rarely comes out. I think I might have said cool beans to Sadie when she was little or whatever. Yeah. Now I'm ashamed. Uh, but you know what's not 
shaming, Johnny. What's well, not shameful? To hear some just amazing products and websites and podcasts. There's that- nothing shameful about commerce, Johnny. <laughs> We got to pay the bills. We got to keep the lights on over here and talk about that. Yeah, maybe you guys should take a moment and listen to a word from a few of our sponsors. And we're back. Mm. Um, raring to go. Yeah, raring to go. Yeah, I don't know. I, cool Beans is one for sure. Yeah, and then I don't know. I just that's the thing. You can't be so wrapped up in trying to look cool for the next generation though, because. We are cringy just by existing. See, I don't like that. I don't like that we're reversing the honor now. Like there was a day in time when you got older, you're supposed to be wiser. And don't don't people, you think that your dad was cringy and sometimes? Well, yeah, but I'm in the 20th century. I'm in 21st century. Like, yeah, yeah. Johnny, I'm still in the 20th century. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the point. Somewhere in modern age, that that's a post. That's a postmodern. You don't think every generation has grown up thinking like my old man's out of touch? I don't know. He says, like, this. I think Isaac saw Abraham was like, that's why we invented groovy because our parents weren't groovy. We yeah. were getting groovy. They weren't groovy. I don't think until like the enlightenment. We, then we got gnarly. They were not. They, they were, were decidedly not gnarly. not gnarly. Then they got, what's the, what's the one for tubular. They, they were not tubular. <laughs> tubular. I think tubular was on the list. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, it was. I should go find that list. I've heard that. I've heard Zennials say rad again. Rad is making a huge comeback. Rad was on the list. Uh, but it's different when... When they say it. Uh, they say it. Yeah. If we say rad, it's like, oh boy. You know what they say mm-hmm. a lot at our table? Because I'm surrounded by Gen Zs and millennials now. Yeah. They say, that slaps. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of that slaps. Everything slaps. And I remember like uh, Jake and Abby are... She's our creative director, worship director, and Jake's yeah. our... And, and girls director. Mm-hmm. And then Jake is our youth director. And I remember when I was interviewing them, mm-hmm. it was one of the reasons I hired them. They said sick at least right. at least 20 times in the interview. They're like, sick? Like, I'd say, yeah, you know, here we really lean into community as an actual way of, of doing life together, not just like, oh, let's put some groups together. Like, sick. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. yeah. I would never say that, we, so we need you here. You know what I'm saying? We feel like community slaps here at the Grove. <laughs> we have community members... so step away it's blood in blood out uh for our community we slap each other and so good luck do you ever say slaps no but can you could you here's the thing won't you i have a thing i think i'm there are people who are self-aware and then there are people who are like cripplingly self-aware and i think i'm closer to that end of the spectrum like i heard norm mcdonald talk about it the late great comedian he was doing an interview about how when he see he did an event with Sinbad back in the day, he was a comedian like five years, and he got Just for Laughs, which is a huge comedy festival in Montreal. It's like the mecca of comedy. Yeah. But he was a Canadian comic. They had a quota to fill, so he gets in it like five years in. He's not really ready. He's got good material, but it's Norm MacDonald. He, he did fine. He goes, Sinbad, he goes out with Sinbad that day, who'd been doing comedy for 20 years by then. Right. Sinbad's this ball of life. Right. You know. And they go out looking for socks. And Sinbad can't get somebody to ring up his socks. He's like, where's the person working in the store? And then Norm's like, I don't know, man. And then they had lunch. And then that night, Norm goes out, does his structured, carefully planned jokes, does fine. Sinbad comes out and did 10 minutes about, where are the people who are going to sell me socks? And people are crying laughing. Because Sinbad's all attitude, and he's just a funny dude. Yeah. And he goes, it made me realize I'll never be that guy. Because I can't make myself go out of myself and go like like me personally i want you to like my jokes 
He's like, if I, he goes, he leaves the mic, he's left the mic in the stand like I do. He stands still. He's just a stand and deliver. Sinbad's prowling the stage like a panther. Yeah. All this confidence is oozing from him and the crowd is eating it up. And he's like, it just made me realize like, I'll never have that thing. And to me, I've tried it before. I'm like, I think I'm going to move around tonight. And I just cannot. I feel feel so self-aware and self-conscious of it. And so, yeah, to answer your question, like, I don't know about that. I just don't think, I don't think that way. Well, I think that some people use art. It's interesting to say that some people use art to draw people to them. Mm -hmm. And some people use art as almost a barrier between them and people. But it's still a place of connection. Is we'll, that what you think I'm doing, John? It's a I'll, barrier? It's a shield? Well, I'm saying we'll both connect. We'll connect in the art, but we won't connect personally. As opposed to someone who uses the Maybe. art to say, follow this art and you'll eventually get yeah. to me. You know? I think you are getting a piece of what I am. It's just that what I am is not a very boisterous person. Right. That's, that is the real me. I'm not. I'm being myself up there. And I think I feel I would feel fake if I did the thing of like. Let's just act super confident and proud yeah. of the stage. That would feel odd. Now, maybe I'll try it. I don't know. If you ever see me walking around on the stage, I've seen just you. know that I am very, I am not confident I've when I'm doing it. I've seen you do some more early on. You were you're experimenting. Yeah. Like you would do one of your funny songs and you'd come down and you'd do a record yeah. scratch on some bald dude's head in the yeah. crowd, you know? Right. And you, you did it. No one would have known. Right. But me. But right. I was thinking, this is killing Johnny yeah, right yeah. now on the this inside. Is, yeah. Like this is not what uh-huh. he would normally right. do. But I like that you pushed yourself. You yeah, know? it was like I was playing a character of a confident person. Well, you know, like I was doing an impression of somebody who would do something like that. That's what some confident people yeah. actually do. I guess, and it's and it's not that I'm not confident in my show. I love my show. I'm proud of what I've built. But it, it's also like it is what it is, and I don't want to be what I'm not. So, what do you? What do you do? I want to. I don't want to always just be stuck if I feel like it's out of fear. But if I just go, this is who I am, then that's okay to just settle on like this is my skill set. This is what I do. Well, we said this before, but the hard part about that in in any sort of art form is, is if you finally just become okay with yourself, it yeah. may not be an art that sells well, right? And so that's one of those like. Is this what you're saying? Just prepare myself. For- I think Johnny, if you <laughs> if you start being yourself, get ready to. Oof. No, but you know, Sinbad again. You do see those natural, yeah, electric. You know, you kinda, wish I was more like Sinbad. Well, I mean, I, I, you finally said it. It's been between us for years. The barrier, but I think like I, I see those. I see that in leadership in pastoring. Yeah, and for years, honestly, it's been jealousy. And as the more I study, like I am deep in some editing projects right now on Enneagram stuff for different projects and authors and stuff and i'm so i'm having to really absorb a lot of information at the moment and when i read especially about type eights mm-hmm. almost every successful pastor in my life that i know who's like got the mega church because i've i've got lots of friends who who run in those circles or i've written for or i went to college with or whatever and they all like when i see a type eight which is called the challenger yeah and the challenger generally has a, a harder first step in in conversations. They are the protector mm-hmm. of the weak, but also depending on if they're whatever their subtype is. But they're not all the same, obviously, Johnny. But they're, but they're like um, more likely to seem aggressive uh-huh. with their words. You know, they're not going to be nearly as concerned about what people think of them. Um, like again, at their one of the books would say at their at their best, it's a Martin Luther King Jr. At their worst, it's a Stalin. So they're both going to be eights. Mm-hmm. But you know, they they could 
they are more concerned with not being controlled by others than they are in controlling, but they can come off controlling. And I'm jealous when I think of my pastor friends who seem to have this, like, because eights have almost boundless energy. Yeah. And sixes don't. Yeah. Like, I don't at least. Yeah, so not be caught up in what other people are perceiving is like a weird freedom, and it could lead to some bad places, but it also, I'm a little bit jealous of it when I, if I see it in somebody. And sometimes you're perceiving that, and they really do care, and it's just, that's a character they're playing, too. That is, that's what happens Well, sometimes. I mean, most dates are pretty genuinely, like, they, in fact, they're surprised, that's the thing about dates, they'd be surprised to find out that other people thought that they were a little too aggressive. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I was just, I was just telling the truth. Like, right. that's like one of those hallmarks of them. You could really tell. And I do, I look at them and go, this, the natural way they are of being in the world makes this easier for them. But that's, mm-hmm. that's a myth. It's a misnomer. But for me, it's like what I always tell Laura is what I'm really jealous of is that they have clarity. Yeah. They could be wrong, but they have clarity about right. it. Often wrong, never in doubt. There that's you what, go. Yeah. So like you go, man, that, well, how much it is again? It goes back to the Matrix, or whatever. Like I right. know, I know, there's not a real stake, but man, but I do kind of long because because y- you and I live with a committee. Yeah, you know, no, like not in our heads. Like literally, we live with a committee. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But we, <laughs> but you know, this they sublet. Yeah, the, but the inner committee is constantly yeah. questioning. In fact, one of the th- hallmarks of a six is is they'll say yes, but mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying like you're always seeing the the. Like the nine can see both sides, the value of it. The six is like torn. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, you know. I try things more now than I used to. Uh, and you have to keep trying things on stage as a creative, but I do get jealous sometimes when I see other creators who I feel like they put out stuff. It's so constant, the stream of it. And now we're being conditioned for that of like, it doesn't matter. Just get it out there on YouTube. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And I always was like, well, this is something I want to hone before I put it out. And so it feels like if you have that ready, fire, aim yep. mindset, yep. you're going to do better in that landscape of TikTok and YouTube because it's like, yeah, 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 Johnny, your video might have been better, but it never came out. Right. Because you kept whittling it. They put out 10 videos mm-hmm. while you were trying to get the one. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel to me, I always, I think, make the excuse for my my dragging my feet as I'm trying to make this the most quality it can mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Um, I was speaking with an editor the other day, and I had this. I've talked about the historical book that I've. I've, I've actually got an offer from the publisher now. On Is it, it about the Dust Bowl, John? <clears throat> no, it's about Old Glory. Oh, um, okay. I was speaking with another editor who knows about the story, and I was laughing. I apologized because I told her the story like a year and a half ago, and she was like, "Hey, you know," and we're pretty good friends. She's like, "Hey, I just want you to write up a really simple." Mm-hmm. Like, just a simple premise on this. Like, I don't want you to go spend, because she knows me. I don't want you to go spend three to six months. I don't want you to get, like, just bring me this, the bare bone stuff of it. Yeah. Johnny, I couldn't do it. Right. Because the more I studied, the more I kept learning new parts of the story that no other historian had ever found. Like, I'm going deep into this. You know what I did? I showed up six months later with, like, a proposal as large as a book. Mm. You know? And, I mean, that that's... And, and I kind of hate myself for it. Yeah. That's the weird part. Like I go. And she said unsubscribe. She was like unsubscribe. Yeah. yeah. But it's just one of those you go. And I did apologize because now I'm, I'm simplifying it again. But I almost can't. I can't start simple. <laughs> it's like I have yeah. to. I have to know everything about it. And then I can start dialing back maybe with the help of others and medication and lots of other things. <laughs> mm. The intercommittee. The intercommittee rarely helps. Oh. I don't, that's not true. 
You don't think? The intercommittee helps. I mean, I rarely make rash decisions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do you make rash? You don't make rash decisions either. No. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a time when I was like, that was... Sometimes you have to make... Yeah, if you're in a crisis and you have to decide something, it's really hard. Sometimes it simplifies it because you're just like, yeah. I had to do the drastic thing. Yeah. That's you way know? easier, yeah, for yeah. me. Um, whereas like if you're in a good situation and you're like, I just want to maintain the good in my life. And if I say the wrong thing here... Right, the good crash down. That's the hard one. Yeah. Like, uh, what was that thing? One of my favorite quotes is that um, anxiety is the dizziness of freedom. Yes. Like, having choices is why the more affluent a culture is, the more anxiety. We're right. the most therapized people in history. We're also the most affluent people in history for the most part. We have the least medical people aren't dying left and right from like preventable diseases. And you know what I'm saying? Like we're at the top of the food chain, you know, all that stuff that we fought to get to. We have the most anxiety of anyone. We know about everybody's life because yeah. of social media, but a lot of it's, we have so much freedom. We have choice. So it's like, it, you're almost jealous of, we used to talk about, uh, Louis CK used to have a bit about vocational schools. Yeah. Like when you were the kid in vocational schools, it was like, talk about whittling down your dreams instead of being like, you could be anything you want. He goes, you tell these kids, you're going to be eight things. You're going to be one of these eight things. But it's almost a gift yeah. to be like, look, son, I'm a plumber. I can show you how to plumb. Yeah. You're going to be a great plumber. We're going to make this much money. You're going to be dirty. Your hands are going to be dirty, but you're gonna, like, that's almost a gift rather than like, go chase your dream, son. And then he's like paralyzed with anxiety. Well, our friend Caleb Edwards sent us something in our group thread about the generations and sort of the cycle of sort of societies, especially democratic societies, I think, and how our generation and the second generation of the cycle uh, are the nomads mm -hmm. a little bit. Because I do think that the generation before that kind of – they were the prophets, the ones who kind of you know established everything. Okay. So if you had the greatest generation ahead of us, you know, and, and the boomers or whomever who sort of got some things going in the way we know modern Western life, yeah, you know, it opened up so many opportunities for us that we do. We wonder, like, we're constantly not sure what to land on. There's an angst that a lot of history, people in history have not had. It's a privilege to have angst is what I guess we're yeah, saying. Yeah, and it's great. I mean, yeah. Sadie and I were talking about that this morning on the way to school, you know, about the, sort of the common suffering of humanity that scripture talks about. And, you know, there's no, there's no like thing that's not common to everybody. I was like, so Laura always says it's not a hardship Olympics. Like we're not trying to say who has it harder. Yeah. But I said, you know, we can try to hold intention. Sadie and I have some great conversations, by the way, on the way to school. We can try to hold intention the fact that there's someone you know, somewhere in Asia or Africa today that literally they don't have just the basic necessities of what they need. We can try to help that. But that doesn't mean that though today we have those things, there's plenty of people in North America that don't either. But just because today we do have those things, we don't have the same lack, doesn't mean we're not facing um, a common brokenness that may manifest itself in anxiety or yeah. in anger or whatever else. Like those. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help to tell somebody just get over it because you have a lot of stuff. So right. you should just feel happy. Like that doesn't fix it. And that again, I'm being sensitive there. I'm not saying yeah. that they don't have a much more like right, right, right. You know, um, urgent. Yeah. You know, need so, but just that the, what the common emotions. Think about. It, there's way more therapists, I would imagine, <laughs> yeah. among 
us than among a lot of other cultures. And some of that's the privilege being to pay for it. But a lot of that is because we're, we have more of the freedom of time to process. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, there's an amazing book, Johnny. Oh. I'm not finished with it yet. Uh, by Andrew Wilson called Remaking the World. Remaking the World, how 1776 created the post-Christian West, I think is its subtitle. And it's talking about that, how today you have the freedom to listen to a podcast or the, the, the like freedom to kind of, you know, sit around and wonder about your identity, mm-hmm. what you're going to do, what mark you're going to leave in the world, all these other things. That is not normal in history. Right. And he traces back. It's not just, a, by the way, the American Revolution. There's a lot of things globally that happened in that year. It's really a, a fascinating read. Um, but I do think that, you know, the privileges, privileges are, they, they bring along something else. There's not going to be one thing in this world, you know, that we're all going to get to that makes all of the angst go away because of the brokenness of humanity, right? I don't know. I, don't I feel like your brokenness is worse. Yeah. I didn't want to say My anything. angst is better than your angst. Mm. Would you say that I am the best at being the worst with angst? Your top five. That's, or is yeah. it bottom five? I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like how those... I don't do that. I don't like it at all. Hey, by the way, I'm floating a new idea today. Oh. Um, you and I talked about it, but I think I'm going to, you know, you always launch into a segment. I do. And this will be a short segment. Uh, oh. But when do I get to launch into a segment? What's your segment called? Well, I don't have an, I don't have like a pithy, you talk about, talk about that, and I don't really have that per se. Okay. Uh, but it's it would be about uh, the quotes that I come across every day because I like I like, like a famous quote we can chew on. Yeah, I mean sometimes I, w- I want to just sort of get your take on the quote because you know yeah you don't get to see all the things that that are happening. Are you so, saying I'm not I'm not exposed to as many smart quotes as you and you think that you can bring it and be like let's see what a dumb person says about right let's this. see what just an average common mind uh, <laughs> right. would think about this right. so so yeah I don't know maybe today I'll just call this uh, we're just going to call this the uh, quote of the week here's my. <laughs> <laughs> That's your, you had a theme song and everything ready? Loaded up? I think it was perfect. Um, I wouldn't change a thing. That didn't feel like a quote of the week theme yeah. song. I think maybe, listener, you can reach what out. We that? may try a few of these out over over the, the next few weeks. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Down on the bayou with John's quote of the week. I heard a quote from Winston Churchill this morning okay. that I really loved that said, uh, because, you know, it was... You we, heard it or you read it? I read it. Sorry. Okay. Winston and I talked. <laughs> he came to me in a vision, like a force ghost. <laughs> it's, um, which, okay. you know, because we had elections this week yes. across the nation in different places, so uh-huh. I thought this was pretty uh, apropos okay. to it. Uh, but he says, the best argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. Oh, Man, I thought that was like it's it's, a it's supposed to be a scathing, funny, a scathing to, indictment. Yeah, I think that Winston Churchill was for democracy. What with it was pro. fighting of the war it was pro. and all those things, but it is fascinating. Laura and I were talking this morning because there's a lot of um, they're going to be influential mm-hmm. elections coming up next year, even here locally among just like Wilson County School Board. Yeah, because there's a lot of and you're running. Well, I mean, no, my wife is the one who should run. Yeah. Uh, but it's just not, this is not something that needs to happen right now. I actually mm-hmm. do convince her, try to convince her because, I mean, she's so brilliant and stays up on top of the issues, you know, but. Um, Check your bingo cards. Uh, yeah, sorry. She's. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, like, you can win school board in yeah. your little district in your county, I think, by like 90 votes or something. Mm-hmm. So. 
like, but, but right now what they're doing, there's a lot of discussions about appropriate books. There's some banning of some books. Yeah. There's a lot of like grandstanding at the school board level. The school board it's members, ridiculous. Yeah. the school board members now have to declare or are declaring their political parties. So, so they have an R or a D after their name. Yeah, it's so strange. In like a school board thing. And we got people who, who are running for school board who their kids are not even in public school here. Yeah, they're like, uh, people are running on the extremes. Yeah. And, uh, and your, your, whole, your whole platform is like, I'm the real version of this thing. The other person is a wannabe. Right. And you just go, what are we, what, how are you going to lead Right. There's, Are you going to be able to legislate and compromise with people and govern? No, 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 no. I'm just going to tell you who you're supposed to, who's your enemy. Right. Oh, okay, cool. We have the same enemies. You got my vote. Like, that's not what we used to do. That's yeah. crazy. Especially not on local levels yeah, where we're insane. trying to, yeah. you know. So I just feel like about the book stuff, it's like, if Hitler did it, Maybe Probably, go the other way. Maybe not a great idea. Yeah. Well, and it's not like, again, most of the things they're banning are not curriculum. Yeah. They're things somewhere in a library on a shelf. And they'll even do, I know for a lot of the Wilson County stuff, they've gone back and looked to say, this book has never been checked out. Mm-hmm. You know, like. It's just a way to get, to gin up chaos and anger right. over something that's a non-issue. And I'm not, again, requiring certain reading things for, especially kids at a, at a you know, inappropriate level or age, those kinds of things. I, I, yeah. I mean, there, there's merit to that argument, but most of our educators are pretty awesome and they're not doing that. I mean, yeah. if you're going to go into education, like, you're not yeah, doing you, it for the money. Yeah, and to run on, like, anecdotal stories of something that happened in some faraway district, and you're saying, like, this is a widespread problem. That's the hard part about it. Like, yeah. people can be fooled into thinking something is a widespread concern, and you can steal their vote that way. That's the thing about – talk about the average voter, the Winston, to your right. about the Winston Churchill quote. It's pretty easy to get someone to think, like, this is an imminent threat. And only this person can save me from this imminent threat. Right. And then you're, you're misconstruing it. You're, you're getting misinformation. So just making sure you're getting the right information. And you can get that here on. <laughs> Talk about that. WWW. John, do you want to play us out with your uh, quote song again? Well, John, that would be silly. I mean, <laughs> why would I do something like that? Because well, this was the quote of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I stand by it. I, uh, it makes me want like some, uh, I don't know. I want like some ribs. Yeah. Yeah. I want some ribs right now. I like, I like the harmonic at the end. It's like, uh, when you get into a plane and you suddenly, even though you never drink ginger ale, you want a ginger ale. Yeah. It's there. It's on a plane. You go, I think I want a ginger ale. Ginger ale. Somebody <laughs> next to you gets one and you're like, ginger ale. Let's yeah. That. Yeah. Like, on the, ginger ale on the ground is garbage. Yeah, we actually, my mom drinks a lot of ginger ale. Oh, I apologize. So she listens. I apologize, Mom and and <laughs> She drinks ground ginger ale. You just, <laughs> <laughs> That's not awful. from the ground. Not from the ground. Right. Doesn't come from the ground. Yeah. Uh, well, that was that was our new, we we'll try a new song next week on it. Well, uh, we'll, we'll think about it. Maybe, quote just, of the week. Maybe something that's less, you know, Bourbon Street, whatever that was. That was something. <laughs> it was like the Bourbon Street Blues <laughs> for quote of the week. <laughs> It's not like every quote's going to be from Louis Armstrong or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's go into the seg- my segment, oh. the one that's tried and true, oh. where we go back this week in history. We call it Talk About Then. Now that's a theme song. <laughs> Let me just say. Listen to had a lot of pizzazz. John, this week, 1910, uh, the first insect electrocution device is patented by William F. Frost. The bug zapper. 
What? Spokane, Washington. We've been zapping bugs for over a hundred years, John. That I should be no their idea. that should be their byline right there. I had, I had no idea. Did you know that the bug zapper is that old? Maybe it didn't. Maybe it went through a series of like, right. let's keep trying. Right. Because it's killed take, a few cats or whatever. Yeah, and they're like, right. We'll get a. That's not working. Yeah. Now, my apologies to the cat community. The feline. Yeah. Listeners. Anyway, not people you, own felines, like the feline a, listeners. Have you owned a bug zapper? Yes. Have you seen the one that's like a paddle? I not only have seen it, I have not only used it, mm-hmm. I have had people at the house when they're over, like it becoming like the game. game of the right. day. Like, yeah. People just like, chasing bugs like, around. Forget pickleball. Right. Just just frying bugs. Because it, it makes a popping sound, right? It when does. When you hit one. And sometimes it's not like if you go after a wasp or something, it's not made for that, but it'll stun it, you know. So like, there's there's, so there's got some a few sportsmanship. Seconds, you got a few seconds to act before the wasp comes to. Right now you got vengeance. Yeah. Now the, the game is a foot gamesmanship. You know what I'm saying? Then he pulls out a tiny. Right. It's like it's like paddle. a bug safari in the backyard. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, bug zapper not a sponsor. I've never owned one actually. We were just a, we were a flyswatter family. I have one of those. They, I, we're, uh, tried and true, I go back to the fly swatter. I mean, it's just simple. When was that? When was that invented? But what do you do when it lands on somebody? That's not sorry. Have you ever hit somebody going for the bug? You I hit have. somebody's arm and you zap them in desperation. I'm like, look, I've been after this fly for thirty minutes. I'm sorry, but this is going to be gross and does hurt it, a little bit. Does it zap them? It oh, no, I thought you meant with the fly swatter. No, but like a regular bug no, zapper. No, I don't would do it, that. Would it hurt them? Eh. Have you touched it? You touched your tongue to it? No, it's okay. you. It's been killing bugs. Okay, I don't know. It's like licking a battery. Okay. <sighs> Here we go, John. Uh, this week, 1895, uh, William Conrad Retgen made a famous discovery. For this, he was awarded the first Nobel Prize in physics uh, in 1901. He took the first x-ray of a human. Wow. He x-rayed his wife's hand. When she saw her skeleton, she exclaimed, I have seen my death. Oh, this is, you know, this is 19, like this it, is 1890s. It's just your hand. So it is weird to look at your own hand and just see the bones right, and be like. I see myself when I'm going to be a skeleton. Yeah. Interesting. That would be her first. Yeah. Not like, that's not cool. As good, that's not as good as like the telegraph, like what hath God wrought or whatever. Like it's very, you know, you know, you're going to be on, you know, you're going to be quoted. Right. Whereas like if you just see your bones, just you, like, don't, oh, you don't crap, know somebody's writing this down for, to preserve it in posterity. Like. I'm gonna die. Like you don't, you don't know that that's gonna be. She really should your legacy. <laughs> Love this so, through. Bless her heart. It doesn't say her name, but that's all she's known for. <laughs> uh, John, this week, 1970, Tom Dempsey broke the NFL longest field goal record by kicking a, a 63 yarder for the New Orleans Saints to win 1917, the final seconds against the Detroit Lions. Do you okay. know what's special about uh, Tom Dempsey? What year was this? This was 1970. I thought we 60, had a 60... Well, he broke the existing. Oh, existing. By a kick. It's been... Well, we broke... I think it's a 65 now is yeah. the record. But uh, 63 yarder. Do you know what was special about Dempsey, though? Um, he had one leg. Sort of. Okay. He was born without toes on his right foot. No his way. kicking foot and no fingers on his right hand. I didn't know about the fingers. But he wore a modified shoe with a flattened and enlarged toe surface. So the record stood till 2013 when Matt Prater kicked a 64 yarder. So it's only... He only broke about one yard. Uh, so it stood for a long time, but I wonder, and I hate to be this guy because here's a guy oh, who's like go. making advantage of taking advantage of what. But was it? Did what? he have like an advantage with the flattened boot? I don't know. You know, I don't want to be that guy, but he's basically turned his foot into a nine iron. I... <laughs> you know, is that fair to say? I don't. 
I mean, uh, he, he overcame and I'm all not, that. But I'm not going to. Do say we know anything. for sure? Right. That you know what? I bet you could find articles. I bet you they were saying this back then. That the flattened boot with the no toes. Right. I bet you that whoever he kicked that against was like, that wasn't fair. Right. Right. And it's he's gonna, like, oh yeah, my life has been so yeah, great. It's been peaches over here. Right. Let me yeah. wave to you with my no fingered hand. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, my apologies to Tom Dempsey and his family. But uh, it's an interesting story. I'll it, say that. And really I, knew, I knew about that. And, and I, he had a, I guess he had a pretty long kicking career. Um, and uh, anyway, so that was 19. Here's what I'd say. Okay. If he wasn't kicking 63-yard field goals all the time, right. then no. Okay. Because he always had the same advantage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if his if his other averages were just the same as the kickers of right. the time and the era, then I'd say he just had the best kick of his life. Yeah. Otherwise, he'd be kicking better than them. Because really, time. it's about leg strength and not about the shape of your foot necessarily. I would maybe it's harder to kick it with a flat end. Yeah, maybe maybe he normally had shorter field goals. You know what I'm saying? And that day, he just it just all all of it aligned. So yeah, I would say that would be the answer to your question. How did he perform on average? Against your the answer others? would be Johnny. Stop being a bigot. Um, and jeez, <laughs> I'm offended everyone. No. Okay, here we go. Okay, John. This week, 1889, Montana became our 41st day. Have you been to Montana? Mm-hmm. You ever been to beautiful state of Montana? Montana? It's lovely. It's wild. It's yeah. wide open. It's one of those like gigantic, and it's just like you know these farms are seventy, eighty, hundred acres. So it's I, just I like Yellowstone. That's Wyoming, isn't it? Oh, but it's maybe they're they get okay. I was just in Wyoming, beautiful place, a Casper, Wyoming. Oh, and it was a, for a Christian school fundraiser, and I was like, "How do you not call your mascot the Holy Ghosts?" Oh, come on now. You're you're in Casper, Wyoming. The friendly ghosts, and they were like, "Yeah, the friendly ghosts, maybe." Because yeah. the Christian school was like, uh, "Because of blasphemy." And oh, and I was like, like, "Yeah," and then they asked me to leave, right? And I said, "Not until I get my check." <laughs> uh, John, uh, this week born, sixteen fifty six. Ooh, English astronomer, back. mathematician. Do you want to start guessing? English English astronomer and mathematician. He was the first to correctly predict the return date of a comet by predicting the seventeen fifty eight return. Edmund Haley. Haley or Halley? Haley. It's H A L L, so it should be a, a short A. I've always heard Haley's Comet. Well, <laughs> the comet was named Haley's Comet in his honor. Unfortunately, he died before he could witness the return, but he correctly predicted it. Wow. Isn't that something? He was like, I, I don't know how he, he knew the going by the speed and the. It's amazing to me what people could do. We have such a recency bias, you yeah. know. This There's not a one of us. 1600s. He There's was not doing a one this. of us today with the equipment we have mm-hmm. who, without just Googling it, would just be able to go figure out mathematically I or barely, with physics. I barely turned on the cameras today. Yeah. We couldn't figure out where one of the, which, by the way, we sorry, we, one of our cameras died last week, and so you don't have, you don't have. Why uh, did it die, John? Because something over here in my desk became just barely unplugged and it uh, lost power. We just didn't realize it midway through. That's John's impression of someone who takes responsibility for his own actions, <laughs> and uh, it was a I can't say it wasn't was like a poor impression. I wouldn't but say it was on purpose. <laughs> you almost nailed it. <laughs> Something <laughs> came unplugged. You should hear my apologies to my wife. Yeah, right. uh, John uh, Bonnie Raitt was born this week, nineteen forty nine. Are you a Bonnie Raitt? You know, let's give him something to talk about. Yeah, I can't make you love me. 
I'm saying that. That's not a song. Oh, good. I just want to say like, <laughs> <laughs> No, you can't. It's a sad song. That's one of those country songs where it's like, it'll yeah. break your heart, man. Yeah. I can't make your heart feel something it won't. By the way, my segment music sounded a little bit like Bonnie Raitt. It did. She you know had what I'm a, saying? You talk about a great slide blues player. Yeah. She's stellar guitar player. Very yeah. underrated guitar player uh, by people who don't know music, like yourself. Okay. Uh, finally, John, this week in uh, 1308... Uh, John Duns Scotus died. He was a Scottish philosopher, one of the most influential theologians of medieval Europe. And the reason he makes the, the list this week as we close is his followers were called dunces. Why? Because they were known to be closed minded. No. So it's where we get the word dunce. Why? So a dunce is not a dumb person. A dunce is a closed minded person because of this Scottish philosopher who was known to be like, this is the way the world is. And he was a very influential theologian of medieval Europe. This is the Dark Ages, I guess. And yeah. he was so his followers became known as dunces after his middle name, which was, uh, I guess it was uh, John Dunce Scotus Dunce D U N S. But so, don't be a dunce out there. You know, in all seriousness, you hate to think that the people were the one that we're supposed to be following. That the name becomes a pejorative because we mm -hmm. become closed minded. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. I want to quote in vogue here. I don't need your theme music, but free your mind and the rest will follow. Oh, I think they knew exactly <laughs> in vogue. Uh, that was a pop. That was a great song. We dated ourselves again. Well, We're, I'm the fun dad. Hey, that's not going anywhere. <laughs> I apologize, kids. Hey, uh, guys, but you know what is going somewhere? What's that? You are. To our, well, right now, to your tour dates. Oh, I want to say that because this is going out today. Normally, we have like a little lag, but uh, this one's going out today, and I have a few dates coming up that I'd like people to come out. So if you want to come see me in your near Tulsa area, central Oklahoma, uh, eastern Oklahoma, I guess it would be, come to Paul Huska, the Continental Theater. I'm going to be there. Uh, that is uh, this Saturday, November 11th. Wow. And there are still tickets available. I can't believe it either. <laughs> but go to my website, johnnyw.com, November 11th, Paul Huska, Oklahoma. And then I'm also going to be, uh, where else am I going to be? Oh, I'm going to be in Zanies, Zanies in Nashville, Ooh. December 27th. You're tired of your family by then anyway. Right. Come on out. Bring Uncle Joe out. He's just told you you're going to hell for some earring you got or a tattoo. Yeah. Here's how you hush him up. Take him to a comedy show. You'll laugh together and... Our humor, our common bond of laughter, yeah, will uh, diffuse any angst that your family's going through. Yeah, we'll soothe the savage Uncle Joe. There you go. Uh, tickets at johnnyw.com. J-O-N-N-I-E, everybody. I know it's a, spirit, a weird spelling, but yeah. that's what he chose. I'm sorry. Um, I apologize. Uh, go to johndriver.com or amazon.com and search John Driver mm -hmm. for the latest in fine literature mm -hmm. from our dear friend and author and speaker. And acclaimed theologian? Uh, I don't know. Uh, dunce? Self-proclaimed. <laughs> dunce. <laughs> uh, yeah, check it out. And you also check out our website at uh, talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Yeah, so many archived episodes. Click on the link below. You can support the uh, Click on the link below if you want to send us a note. Click on the link above, right, if you want to support the show. We love our patrons. Yeah. So many new patrons jumping on board. 
and you can get ad-free content as a patron. That's you get right. an RSS feed with ad-free content. Uh, also, you can see videos, except for last week. But you can see videos there, and we really appreciate it if you would go and subscribe to our subscribe, YouTube Subscribe, leave a comment. That helps other people find those videos. Yeah. Some, a couple of those have really taken off. You know, they yeah. generally, They're generally just there for us to make clips, but it's starting to get some more views. So the more subscribers, Johnny, the more people that hear about the Guys, show. we need you out there. Yeah. We, we desperately. Yeah. We're just two boys standing in front of an audience asking you to love us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Hey, guys, thank you so much for the time you gave us this week. We'll look forward to doing it next week on... Talk About That. hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic. My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.